To another episode of our Brindlewood Bay one shot. We are having a ton of fun with this already. We're looking forward to getting started with it again. Before we do, we'll invite you to join us over on the actual place that is our Discord server where we love to hang out with all of our good podcasty buddies and our fans. It is a very good time. Definitely come hang out with us. We also have a patreon if you would like to listen to more of us if you can't get enough and got a couple of bucks to throw at us uh david you are our guest for this one shot would you like to shout out anything at the beginning of this episode sure uh yes i am david i'm the host of a podcast called trials of the apocalypse where we play one shots in different powered by the apocalypse games and i'm so excited to continue bringing some brindlewood bay action because it's my favorite ttrpg and it's just so much awful wonderful fun it's wonderful (laughs) yes Alrighty, well thank you david and i think i'll go ahead and hand it off to you if you want to tell us what happened last time and maybe get on with the get on with the game so last time we met each of our mavens they gave us a short scene you know describing their life in brindlewood bay and then we kicked off a grand event in brindlewood bay the great brindlewood bay bake-off uh, which is the name of the mystery, but uh, it's actually the Jolly Good Baking Show, which has come to Brindlewood Bay for an American tour. And it just so happens, uh, by matters of convenience, that all of our mavens are in attendance at this event. There are members participating, baking in the tent. And it's gone well for some and not as well for others. Uh, I believe most of our pies in the pie round were great successes with one notable exception. I believe the fish pie. Uh, Who made the fish pie? Is that Gladys? That was me. Gladys (laughs) made the fish pie. Gladys had a rough first round. Uh, Everybody else seemed to do pretty well overall. However, things were unfortunately not meant to be good forever in Brindlewood Bay today, as in between the rounds, uh, in the little break period, while the mavens were mingling and, you know, life seemed good for a moment there, uh, a scream was heard over by the, uh, not the tent, over by the trailer. Trailers. I couldn't remember the trailer, word trailer last time, too. You couldn't. (laughs) I sure couldn't. (laughs) It's just, trailers, I guess, don't exist? I don't know, I don't know what, what, how that happened, but... Um, so it's anyway, a roadhouse. Uh, <laughs> a scream came out from over by Paul's trailer. Uh, one of our hosts. Uh, no, this is Paul Riviera. No relation. No, you know, uh, similarity to Paul Hollywood. Um, I, I'll throw the disclaimer here now again. You know, any similarity to people's real or fictional is completely accidental. Uh, absolutely <laughs> not intentioned and. This definitely isn't <laughs> definitely a parody a mystery. Yeah, definitely a coincidence. Um, yeah, definitely not. But as it turns out, Paul had been presumably murdered. Uh, he was certainly dead. Uh, in the middle of his trailer, he was uh, kneeling in the, the fading light uh, with flour on his face, his hands tied behind his back. 
and he was very much dead. Everyone was clustered around. The local constable had been called. I believe we did have Sheriff Dalrymple on the scene at the end of last time. It's been a minute since yes. we recorded. Yep. Yes, the yeah. sheriff mm-hmm. was present. Yeah, and all of the mavens were gathered around. So, I think the sheriff dispersed, like, tries to disperse the scene. Um, he, like, tries to, you know, usher people further away. Of course, Jane Leaf, the other judge, she was the one who had screamed out. She was uh, quite distraught at these events. Uh, I think maybe Sue Mellon uh, took her with her into her trailer to go and, like, console her. And the sheriff cleared the scene. With the exception of you four mavens. Uh, You, of course, are all known around town, and with your adeptness at intervening in, you know, murder mysteries such as these, much often to the consternation of the local constabulary, but I do think in this instance, uh, Sheriff Dalrymple, you're all out together uh, outside of the entrance to this trailer. Uh, The door is still slightly ajar, and he comes up to you... He's just, I believe he'd uh, had a, either a slice of pie or a, some kind of baked good from the tent. Do you, does anyone remember what he had? I believe it was a... I believe uh, a, you're a, correct. A, a pie I slice. I think it was but, pie. Yeah, I, if, if I recall correctly, and, you know, listener, correct us in the comments if you feel like it. Uh, but I, <laughs> I think it was a slice of the blackberry pie. Mmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mostly, mostly because, it, at least in my head, I think that's one I chose because it's an incredibly, like messy pie like he's like his face is like partially mm-hmm. stained with all the blackberry <laughs> juices as oh, yeah. uh i think he takes two large quick bites to finish off the pie uh kind of you know licks off his fingers uh and then <clears throat> well <clears throat> there's a, a lot of hullabaloo about this today and i've got to say <clears throat> we're a bit short staffed uh dealing with the ramifications of this here um uh, event I know most often I tell you to keep your noses out of other folks' business, but seeing as those involved today aren't exactly Brindlewood Bay residents, and I, uh, I'm pretty occupied. And he, like, casts a glance back to the tent, uh, his fingers still stained with the, the purple black from the blackberries. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, I, I would appreciate a, uh, maybe if, if you ladies did poke your noses around a little bit into, into business that wasn't yours. Of course, darling. Hmm. We would be more than happy to help. Is that your old lady voice? That's what I did last time. Okay. I was going for sultry. <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> sultry! Sul- sultry, okay. Wow. Um, all right. Uh, moving on from that. Uh, uh, Sheriff Dalrymple blushes. Uh. <laughs> so, darling, what, 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 I'm, what I'm hearing is um, that you are um, otherwise... Occupied, she raised an, an eyebrow and says, "And so, basically, you want us to? Um, I'm sorry, do your job for you. All right, yes, of course, yes, we can, of course. Well, yeah. uh, there's, and there's she, still all, well, there's, all kinds of there's paperwork. There's no reason to be snippy about it. <laughs> there's all kind of paperwork involved with my job. I would just, you're uh, <clears throat> not exactly deputized, but you you will be." <clears throat> Detectives, I, I suppose. We, we don't have spare payroll, though. It's just sort of as a, a you scratch my back, I'll yeah. Oh, tish tosh, tish tosh. Of course, of course. Yes. Uh, and she looks at him, and she sees he's uh, his his fingers are still stained with the blackberry, and he, she just offhand goes, 
You enjoy the pie? Hmm? <clears throat> it was uh, ser- serviceable. Ser- <laughs> service. Ser- oh. Oh. I think before this before this goes any farther, I think uh, Jane will go ahead and grab onto Rose's arm and just kind of pull her, kind of turn her gently away, and say, "Let's let's talk about this." And together as as they're as they're kind of drifting away i think she, she looks back and, and doris hears her go i swear that man is a culinary philistine <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so i think they're drifting away, or or are we still all gathered i don't know i think we're kind of gathered around i think we're all left, gathered we've around we've let him go get more pie yeah, yeah okay, the, the, okay the sheriff has trailer. departed in search of yeah, while this conversation is going on, uh, Gladys is, is switching over to reporter mode, and she's getting out her beat-up old cassette tape and uh, a little tiny, like, notepad, and she has uh, stuck a pencil behind her ear, and she is ready. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> nice. Well, we, we can, like, see the body, right? Yeah, yeah. so I was going to ask, moving a little bit out of scene now. So we've got a variety of locations where you could scout around. Uh, there's, of course, all of our suspects that you could go and try to speak with. But you can go into Paul's trailer here, take a closer look at the body, at the scene. No one has actually investigated the body, right? Not yet. No, I think we ended right as the body was discovered and everybody was freaking out. And that's kind of where we tied off. So I think we'd like to go look at the body. Yeah. So actually, I was going to lay out a quick variety of options for you. And remember... This is not D&D, where splitting the party is usually a bad idea. Oftentimes for the mavens, it can be helpful to, you know, split up and cover more ground, if you would like. But also mm. you can stick together like a pack of pods. It doesn't matter. It works either way. Uh, but we okay. have mm. here, uh, we have Paul's trailer, where the body is currently. Um, the I think Sheriff Dalrymple, like, haphazardly threw one of those, like, plastic cordon uh, like, says do not enter uh, tapes, one of the yellow ones, across the door, but it's I think he just kind of like wedged it under some siding on the trailer, and it's not—it's not a permanent fixture. You can absolutely go in and check it out. Uh, there's also uh, Jane's trailer. Uh, there's Sue's trailer, Timothy trailer. All of them have trailers in this area. And then there's the the tent and the judge's tent, where you might run into more of your other suspects—either people who are part of the production crew or people who are in the competition with you. And we did see Sue Mellon take Jane Leaf over with her into her trailer. So we know that they're currently over there. The rest, everyone else is kind of dispersed and you could go looking for any other suspects as you would like. So mm. having kind of- I just of- want to say that I like that you said Timothy trailer like it was a Thomas the Tank Engine character. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't tempt me to make this game more cursed than it has to be. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I love tempting people. All right, um, I'm going to go look at the body. Uh, Sounds yes, great. Ro- Rose is following as well. She wants to get a look at it. Okay. Who else is going into the trailer here? Into Paul's trailer? Hmm. Is everybody carrying on with that or, or were we splitting up or what's happening? I'm trying to decide if if I also want to go in or maybe go start talking to people. Uh, maybe I'm in the same pe- boat, so yeah. I say we split the party. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I want to start so talking think, to people uh, before they. Let's go to the the, uh, the. Let's go to the trailer with with uh, Jane Leaf and uh, who is with Jane Leaf right now? Sue, uh, Sue I think. Mellon. Sue. Yeah, Sue, Sue Mellon. Yeah, and Sue okay. is one of the other presenters. Okay, so yeah, I would like to go. Uh, I would like to go uh, interview those two. Okay. Same. Or maybe like feign 
Like, like I'm gonna go check in on them, and in, in a way that's gonna be me interviewing them to see what, <laughs> you know, what their motives might be. So we'll see. Okay, so the two of you are heading off to uh, Sue's trailer to go and speak with her and uh, Jane Leaf. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, then I'll start here with Jane Fletcher and Rose Collins, who are both heading in to view the body of Paul Riviera. The two of you enter right. Paul's trailer. Uh, there's not a paint-the-scene question written into the mystery for this one, but I kind of like the idea of having a paint-the-scene question in here. Is this our first time doing one of these in the game so far? I think it might be. Yes. I believe uh, it is. I don't recognize I don't, the term, I don't so I'm going to say that. So yes, it is, I think. So this is a feature of Brindlewood Bay where when you go to a new location that is uh, tracked by the mystery, then the keeper will ask a question. This is for the whole table to answer where you flesh out a little bit of detail about this location. And then we move forward with that as part of the canon for the scene. So in this case, I think the question we're going to ask for Paul's trailer is, it is evident based on how the place is is decorated and what's present here that Paul thought fairly highly of himself. What is on the walls or just in this trailer that would indicate that to you? And whenever you have one, feel free to go. And each of you, please supply a detail for this scene. Uh, I've got one. He has a giant poster of himself signed by himself. I was going like, to say a like... cardboard cutout of himself. <laughs> I mean, there, and he can have, have both. Have There's no reason to stop. Both. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's specifically from like his first show that he was like the, the lead on. And... Uh, yeah, he got a copy of the poster and then signed it to himself. Yeah, so that. I'd like to say next to that poster is a cardboard cutout of himself from another event yeah. that he went to. Yes, also <laughs> signed. Mm. <laughs> oh, I just thought of a pedantic detail we need to figure out. Is this um, is it signed like to himself or just like his signature? Oh, because I find question. the first one even funnier. Wow. <laughs> It would be really funny if it said to Paul, signed, Paul Riviera. Like, you know, you got this, bud, or like, you know, you're the best, or you you're know, whatever. Dearest Paul, you are a shining yeah. star, signed, yeah. Paul Riviera. Paul, that's great. You deserve this. Yeah, yes. you deserve this, yeah. I think he has, like, on one side of his trailer, like, just an enormous mirror you know, that takes up like almost like a half of the trailer. Like this thing is like, if, if you were inside of this and this trailer like crashed, you know, it would be, a, it would die immediately. Just, the, the shattered glass everywhere. But on the mirror, it's got like a bunch of those like sticky notes on it. And they say things like, you are a shining star. You are the best at what you do. You know, like keep up the good work. Like uh, just be you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's actually a good thing. I'm not sure how this would work in a trailer, but hear me out. I think that this trailer is like custom built. And one of the custom things that he had put in here is he's got like one wall that you open it, you open these doors and it's a, um, it's like a wine chiller in there and he's got wines in there. <laughs> and they're not, not only does he have wines, but he's, if you look at the labels, they're like, I don't know how well to do this guy is, but like, does he have his own like wine brand? Because if he did, it would he all be his, good. yes, it would all be his like specialty wine brands that he stocks his, his trailer with. <laughs> yeah. Just when he's on the road. 
I love it. Excellent. Perfect. So does that mean that there's also like a generator out back coming along for this trailer? You know, like <laughs> yes. I know they usually hook up to power, but if you got a whole I mean, uh, chiller, I mean, if this guy, know, I could imagine. if this guy thinks this highly of himself, I'm thinking that he's got like a whole setup around the trailer. Like, okay, power goes here, yeah. this goes here, this is here. Yeah, you know? I love Definitely. that. Awesome, uh, Rose, Jane. The two of you enter this uh, rather conceited trailer. Paul is <laughs> on his knees. I think. I can't remember, uh, someone else remind me, at the very end of the last episode, did we have his body, like, fall over at all, or is it still just kneeling upright in the middle of this trailer? Hmm. Uh, I think it's still kneeling. I think it's still, <laughs> I think it's still kneeling, kneeling yeah. there, yes. Awesome. I, I don't so, yeah. recall that it fell over. <laughs> He's just, you know, casually kneeling. I think his body is supported by, uh, his arms are, like, tied behind him, and that tension is, is keeping him in this position. Of course, he's flower dusted on his face. And other things, perhaps, to find in this scene. Rose, Jane, what are each of you looking at with interest in here? I want to look uh, for any kinds of, like, weapon marks. Yeah. You know, like, I, I want to see, like, what exactly killed him. I like that. What's the murder weapon here? R- Rose is looking for, specifically, uh, she's trying to map out sort of the sequence of events. Like, things that have been disturbed in here. Or, like, she's trying to paint the mental picture of what cause-effect, cause-effect could have happened. And I, I think that they, she steps in and she's seeing all this very self-important stuff. And she just goes, well, hmm. I admit I enjoyed him on the show, but... Clearly, he was an absolute wanker. I think Jane just smiles at that. So yeah, Jane smiles, and both of you start checking out the scene. Jane, I think, looks more closely at the body, Rose, uh, as you're trying to understand what happened here. You're you're looking around at the floor, like following the the pattern of the flower that's been deposited there, um, and kind of just checking to see what's been disturbed. I'm going to need both of you to make meddling move rolls. Uh, I think in this case, it sounds like both of you are leaning into your... I think both of you are leaning into your reason for this. So this is going to be a meddling move with reason. You're going to roll two die six and add your reason modifier. I rolled an eight. An eight. Very good. And how about you, Rose? Eight as well with the additional one. Wow. Awesome. So on an eight, both of you, that puts you in the seven to nine range. So... With meddling move on a seven to nine, there is a complication, uh, but you do gain a clue while searching. Hmm. Mm. We haven't spent a ton of time here yet, so actually I'll just do these clues right now uh, instead of hopping around. Let's start with Jane. Jane, you investigate the body. I think you you unbutton a little bit of the top of his shirt to look around his neck. You roll up his sleeves to see if there's anything. Uh, you know, on his arms, or if there's any signs of a struggle under his nails, or anything like that. You pour over his body here, being careful not to disturb it too much, I think. And in the course of that, you find something fairly suspicious. While you're going around his face, you see, of course, the flower that's been plastered across it, but you see there's trace signs of something else at the edges of his mouth. I think... Let me ask you, Jane, if you're suspicious about a substance that you find on the body, how would you extract some of it to take a closer look at it? Would you, like, dab your finger there? Would you, like, have a pack of, like, Q-tips or something in your purse to take a look at? How, how would you do that? I think because, you know, I'm a fisher person, I think I have, like, a pair of pliers just kind of in my overalls pockets. 
yeah. you know, for 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 getting the 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 hook out of a a fish that swallowed the hook. Yeah. But in this case, I think I think I'll just kind of like pull out my pair of pliers and just kind of like try to get some of whatever's on his face. Yeah, you like scrape off a little bit of the residue. Um, there's like something like reddish and powdery that's like caked on the edge of his mouth, and. I think... I smell it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't... It smells acrid. It smells unpleasant. And I think you dust off a little bit of the flour on his cheek, and you can see that his veins are kind of bulged out a bit on his cheeks, a bit on his face, a bit around his neck. All of that, you know, blood delivery, all that oxygenation. And you can tell, and here's your clue, that Paul's body has signs of him being poisoned. Hmm. Interesting. So Jane, as you're finding this, as you're scraping off this substance and noting these signs on Paul's body, Rose, you're going around the room and there's definitely signs that somebody else was in the room. There's like tread marks in the flower that's been deposited on the carpet. But unfortunately, because this is on some fairly thin carpet, uh, the impression isn't like quite distinct. Um, mm. But it's it's clear that somebody else had been walking and scuffing about in here prior, uh, either immediately prior or during the time of the murder. Hmm. That's not the clue that you find. What you find that seems especially suspicious to you is there is a shattered Britty Award that had been granted to Paul. It was securely, you can see the spot where it used to sit. Uh, There's actually a little bit of dust gathered around the shelf. Where the trophy had been removed is now devoid of of that dust. And where it was was fairly secure up on the wall. This wouldn't just fall over easily, or if it did, everything would come with it, right? But this particular award that Paul had received is shattered here on the ground in the trailer. And some of that flower, I think, that is on Paul's face has also been deposited on top of it, so you know that this had to have happened prior to the murder. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Hmm. I think I will kind of draw the attention of Rose over to this stuff on his face and and I'll say, well, it looks like he might have been poisoned here. You see this stuff right here? Oh, yes. It's around his lips. Maybe he he ate something. Hmm. Certainly possible, dear, but the something I, I noticed just there, and she points... To the uh, to the shelf and the shattered award on the floor, and says, based on based on the disbursement of this flower, and it seems that the breaking happened before he ended up here, meaning that could have been yes. a possible argument. Yes, well, regardless, uh, with the poison poisoning is not exactly a crime of passion sort of thing. So I'm thinking this was something premeditated. Oh, yes, very much. Clearly, clearly, yes. But also clearly with quite a bit of anger involved if they took to breaking his stuff afterwards. Mm. Wouldn't be surprised if had some kind of disagreement with one of those out there. And she nods to the front to the door. Mm. Well, I doubt we're going to save more time and find more information here, I I say we shall mingle a bit, see what we can find out. Hmm, yes. The two of you have this short conversation and head out of the trailer, uh, off to wherever you decide to go next. We'll pick back up with you two in a moment. I want to bop over to Doris and Gladys, who have headed over to Sue Mellon's 
trailer to go and uh, hopefully speak with her and Jane Leaf, who's there. Two of you knock on the door. I think the one who answers it is uh, Sue, and she kind of raises an eyebrow. Hey, loves, uh, can I help you with anything? We're not exactly resuming the competition right now, of course. Well, we were stopping by just to... Um, we're assisting the, the constabulary. We're helping them uh, gather statements just uh, from everybody that was here when this happened. We were hoping we might talk to you. And she glances inside and glances back and says, Sure, I, I guess... Uh, she opens the door wide. Make yourself at home. And the two of you head inside. Uh, we have another paint-the-scene question, this time for Sue's trailer. Sue clearly has a reverence for the great comedians that came before her. What do you see in her trailer that reinforces this idea? Hmm. Who's a comedian that she would like is what I'm going to start with. Hmm. I don't... I guess we don't have to specify no one. I think she's got a... <laughs> she's got a... She's got like a poster of a comedian. I'm going to go with the poster again. <laughs> poster in I think trailer. she has... <laughs> A couple bookshelves, but they're full of, like, DVDs or recordings of, like, different live shows. And they're all, like, meticulously cataloged, like, alphabetized, like, by Ooh, comedian, like, like, when it happened. Like, just mm. bookshelves full of these, like, live show recordings. It's very good. On her television, there is a, a silent film by Charlie Chaplin uh, playing. I think... On one wall, there is a there's a photo of uh, I know I don't have to specify, but it's it's a photo of perhaps her uh, her her absolute favorite comedian at perhaps the first the first tour photo he ever he ever released when like on his first show he was famous and this one ended up in the paper and she's got it on her wall. <laughs> Love that. So Doris Gladys, the two of you come inside at Sue's behest. Inside, you see that there's a table with a kind of glass bowl with different store-bought but like name brand uh like cookies and little baked goods that are in a bowl there uh and uh, biscuits biscuits yes <laughs> but you're right true biscuits some, some biscuits. biscuits and other fine uh pastries there well fine store-bought pastries there and uh, off to the side there is a curtain that has been drawn i think it doesn't extend all the way from the floor to the ceiling there's like a gap at the bottom you can see inside that there's like a a small bed in this trailer uh and you see the the heels that jane leaf was wearing kind of sitting there uh visible on the other side so you know that likely uh, jane is reclining in there because you don't see her anywhere else in the trailer and sue gestures to the table set up there uh sh- sure what did the police what were they interested in this is also shocking to all of us well um for starters you should um just kind of establish where you were at when everything happened uh kind of the chain of events from the uh, start of the the break to finding the body also gladys has started recording she put she turns on her cassette player did she tell recording. anybody? Without or asking? she's just doing this on the sly? <laughs> oh. She's just going to start recording. <laughs> I like that. Then let's say as you uh, begin this conversation and ask these questions, Doris, let's get a meddling move with presence as you okay. ply Sue here for some clues. I'm not any particularly good with presence, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm just a zero. 
Well, that's a four. That's a four? Oh, that's no. fun. Yep. Oh, boy. So on a, on a four, uh, I just get to make a move. I think you... Uh, how how mean do I want to be here? I could be pretty mean here. Um, <laughs> it's up to you. I have failed, so... Yeah, it's, it's, it's early in the mystery, but... You probably won't be meaner than me. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's what I think happens, uh, Doris. You start having this conversation, and I think Sue launches into uh, an overabundance of detail of what happened. <laughs> I think I think in a veritable veritable word salad, uh, she just kind of dumps on you. I think she starts like even earlier in the day, like everything that happened this morning, oh, yeah. uh, like the kind of yeah. coffee she got. Uh, she doesn't, you know, she's not usually a fan of Starbucks, but she happened to get some Starbucks this morning, and like, <laughs> uh, and she like specifically, she like they were out of the the raspberry syrups. So she just got like a plain white mocha, and like she she just like goes into like all of the details throughout the day. And as she gets to that break period, she stops and she says, "Oh well, I guess there was that." And like as she's like mid speaking. You hear a, a crack as something breaks in the window next to her, and she like rubs the side of her neck like she's just been stung by something, and then Ooh. Sue collapses in front of you onto Whoa, the carpet. What? Hey! <laughs> what? Wow. What? Wow! 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 Well, that is, uh, that Andrew, is wow. You just okay. Sue. You you just this is gonna be a double murder. <laughs> so your, um, I think your that... zeal so... for information just killed her. <laughs> before before we dig too deeply into this future, uh, something I will yeah, say: yeah. this is another feature of Brindlewood Bay. I, as the keeper, uh, can basically go arbitrarily hard against the players because uh, <laughs> in your back pocket you have uh, your crowns. Uh, each of you have mm-hmm. uh, your crowns of the queen and the crowns of the void, which are different prompts that you can mark. And when you decide to mark a crown after a roll and after you've heard what the result causes, you can choose to use a crown, do whatever it says that you have to do, and then you can upgrade the roll from whatever scale it was, so like in this case, a a miss, to a mixed success or a mixed success to a full success or a full success to a very full success that comes with some sort of perk or something. So I offer to you, and this is why we do this in Brindlewood Bay, sometimes it's very interesting to just let the failure ride. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go forward with things like this, or do you wish to upgrade your role and change change the result? I am definitely tempted to upgrade the role, but I am curious what everybody else thinks. Do you guys like the idea of this? Uh... I kind of like. I mean, just letting this. Ride. I kind of like letting it's it certain, ride too. Like for tension reasons, it makes sense if you wanted to just let it go. <laughs> what do you? Say, I, I also agree. I think it's it makes it interesting to. Keep it as is. <laughs> well, I was on the fence, so I'm going to go with the crowd here, and I'm going to say let's let it ride. All right. We let it ride. So Sue Mellon has collapsed. What do you do? Doris is going to quickly look at Sue just to evaluate what happened, but she's also very tempted to go check the window. But I think she's going to check the person first because that's more important. Oh, yeah. I think Gladys would be heading to the window. You don't have to worry about <laughs> <Excellent>. that. Excellent. <laughs> um, Doris, uh, you go over to Sue's body. Uh, I say body. Maybe they're not dead yet. We'll find out shortly. Uh, but Doris, <laughs> you go over to the collapsed Sue. Gladys, you go over to the window. Gladys, I do think as you're kind of staring out the window, this seems like a good opportunity to maybe see something interesting. So give me a meddling with holding steady. So this is going to be composure. Oh, good. I have two in composure. Oh, excellent. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, I just rolled box cars. Nice. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's a 14. Who are you and what have you done with <laughs> Hannah? Oh my good, huh, Hannah? Yeah. yeah. Well, so fun fun things. Uh, meddling move on a 12 plus. 
not only do you succeed, but you also find a void clue. <gasps> or you learn something about the dark conspiracy in Brindlewood Bay. I think I'm going to give you a clue and a void clue, because that's always fun. Excellent. You look out the window. The situation has developed very quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you stare out the window, and... Uh, The trailers, I think, border a road in Brindlewood Bay. As we described previously, the tent has been set up with both all of the accoutrement to host and film the show, as well as all of these trailers. Here, by the bayside, in an open space, near an an offshoot of the main drag of of the coastal region of Brindlewood Bay. And uh, there are people who've been kind of gawking on and off during the day walking by the trailers, walking by the tent that's set up, staying a safe distance away. There's, I think, you know, signs that say, you know, recording in progress, instructing them to stay away. But everybody who's been walking by has just been kind of normal. But this is your void clue. You look out the window, and there are, I think, several people out on the sidewalk near where the these buildings are. And... All the normal citizens of Brindlewood Bay are absent. There's no cars passing. There's no people walking their dogs. There's no kids in strollers being pushed by their worried mothers. Instead, what you see are a series of figures wearing featureless wooden masks, just (laughs) staring from the sidewalk at the trailer where you currently are. Oh... That's your void clue. that's not creepy at all. That that (laughs) is super, super creepy. And... So normally, void clues are for your ultimate void mystery. So there's a thing in Brindlewood Bay where you're you're building towards this... Like, there is this dark conspiracy in town, and you're building towards the finale of, of the season where, you know, things around that are revealed. So void clues usually work towards that. However, I run Brindlewood Bay fairly often as a one-shot, and when I do, I always like to say that any void clue you find can absolutely just be applied to your current mystery... If you can find a way to work it into your narrative when you get to theorize at the end. So mm. this this group mm, of figures like could be incorporated, should you so choose. Creepy. Um, mm. So that's your void clue. You see them, and I think you glance back inside because Sue is gasping and Doris has laid her down to help her breathe a little bit better on the ground. And so you, your attention is drawn away for a second. And when you look back, they're gone. There's no sign Ooh. of them there on the street anymore. And so you turn your eyes back inside, and you notice something on the table here in in the trailer. There is your clue. There's a pair of plane tickets to somewhere very far away. Where do these plane tickets go to, Gladys? Hmm. Norway. <laughs> the first country that popped into my head was Romania. <laughs> Romania. Yeah. We have two tickets. We have a pair of tickets to Romania, uh, and they are just laying out. I think they're maybe uh, underneath some, or I say underneath, you saw them. So they're, you know, maybe half obscured by a notice or maybe just some some notes on some of the comedy sketches that they're going to be doing as the hosts uh, across this filming of uh, the Bake Off. So it's like partially obscured, but you, you catch sight on the table of a pair of tickets to Romania. Doris, you are helping Sue, or attempting to. Mm -hmm. You find lodged in the side of her neck, there's like some kind of dart or something that's been fired into her. And uh, her skin uh, is, like, I think you you see the veins are starting to pop out in a similar way like we saw on on Paul Riviera just, you know, minutes ago in in this episode. And she's gasping weakly for, for breath. Life is leaving her. What do you do? 
So I see this dart sticking out of her throat. Yeah. And am I making stuff up to say that you can, like, suck poison out of a wound and, like, spit it out? Or is that just, like, TV and movie nonsense? It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't uh, matter. I we are in a TV show fights. right now. So, yeah. So yeah. because real TV life doesn't matter, apply. I think... I think that uh, Doris is going to attempt to do that. She's going to try yeah. that. Like she sees this dart, assumes it's poison, and is going to try to to do the thing. So we have two catch-all moves for actions taken like this in Brindlewood Bay. One is the day move, and one is the night move. Oh, um, I just thought of something better. Yeah, actually, go ahead. I, I might still go with the sucking it out, but um, I actually have. <laughs> that sounds silly. Oh. Um, I actually have my uh, my Maven move is Angus MacGyver. Which is when you improvise in a situation, listing whatever or using whatever is at hand. Ask the other players and keeper to make th- uh, to name three objects you find in the environment. So long as you can give a plausible explanation for how one or more of these three objects will help you with an action, you can have an advantage on a single roll related to oh, that. Oh, I action. love this. This is so fun. Uh, all right, everybody. Yeah. What what does Doris grab to try to use to save Sue's life? It doesn't necessarily have to be related to me uh, sucking the poison out, but uh, oh, yeah, it could be. A, it might. Uh, oh, she! I think she's kind of like a little bit of an environmentalist, a little bit. So she's got like a metal straw, you know, lying around so that she doesn't have to use like plastic ones on on things. <laughs> a metal straw. Uh, I think there is a very fancy, like fine nib, refillable ink pen. Mm, okay. Mm. Okay. We're going by TV show rules here. So this is my idea. Okay. You can pull like the TV, like unplug it and break the wire to use it to shock her to restart her heart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I love that. Or, I, or, I think... Or you treat it's a it just, Charlie uh, Chaplin TV AED. Yeah. <laughs> or you just treat them like the clear pads. Oh, like, man. Clear TV wire. <laughs> That's the idea. Wow. Okay. So I don't necessarily have to use all three. No. But uh, if I do use at least one, then I'll get an advantage on the roll, right? Yep. And how does advantage work in this system? Uh, in, in this system, you'll roll three dice and take your highest two. Okay, okay. Then, let's see here. Okay, I think that what Doris is going to do is if her heart does stop, she will resort to the uh, the, the, T- the TV AED. <laughs> but I think first what she's going to do is she's going like, to see this metal straw and this like uh, fine-nibbed like pen, and she's going to like pull the pen apart really quickly and like take out all the innards with like the, the ink. Mm-hmm. And then use that like fine nib as like a point, and then like stick it in the metal straw yeah. and then, like stab it into her throat, <laughs> and then start like sucking and spitting. I love this. So there are two catch-all moves in Brindlewood Bay for for doing something risky and facing something you fear: the day move and the night move. The generally speaking, these are applied literally when it is day or when it is night. However, there's a contextual thing in Brindlewood Bay where when whenever you're involved in something particularly deep or dangerous or or obscured from the public eye, then often you can apply the night move instead. And I think this is one of those cases mm. where I believe that's what applies. So you're okay. trying to save Sue's life. Um, so you're yes. clearly doing something risking risky here what are you afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerve if i fail or lose my nerve i'm i'm afraid i'm going to 
make it worse slash hasten her death. Yeah. Or even incriminate myself. Yeah. Because I'm literally stabbing a pen into her throat. So I think <laughs> At least how, the one. how this is worse than that, uh, because on the night move, so during the day move, we would just leave it at that and then we'd go ahead with the roll. On the night move, mm-hmm. I tell you how it's worse than that. And how it's worse okay. than that is I think the dart is going to get like buried in the carpet or otherwise kind of just lost in the shuffle of this. And so the mm-hmm. only sign of damage to Sue is going to be the the pen that you have stabbed in her throat. Mm-hmm. And you will be yeah. very much incriminated in in her demise. So All right. with that in mind, let's go ahead and roll the night move if you want to go, go through with it. Uh, this will be three dice because right. you have advantage. And then you take your highest yep. two. And this is... I mean, this is holding steady, so this is definitely with composure. Okay, so I have a plus one on that uh, with my three dice. Here we go. That is a ten. Ooh, ten. Nice. Four, five, and a one. That is great for you because on a ten, you you do it and hold steady. There is no complication or cost. Tell us then how you save. I mean, we've, you've described what you started doing. Describe how Sue recovers from this. Just just give us a little a yeah. little finish to the scene. Yeah. So Doris is um, sitting there. She's got her. <laughs> Your kind of Jerry Rig poison extractor, and she's like uh, spitting the poison out onto the carpet. And she, I think, uh, when she's like finishing up, she pulls the uh, she pulls her apparatus out of Sue's neck and finds something to like hold steady on her throat. It wasn't on a artery or major vein or anything, so it's not bleeding too bad, but uh, it's it's definitely bleeding a little bit. And Doris is just kind of looking down at Sue, and she's like, "Sue, Sue, are are you all right?" Yeah, her. She like blinks weakly. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, no, not particularly. <laughs> and Doris like turns and says, "Gladys, get a get a get a, get somebody, get a medic, a doctor, uh, anybody. I think she's been poisoned." I'll just call nine one one. She takes out her phone. <laughs> do you go ahead and do that, Gladys? Yes, I will call nine one one. You get the classic 911. What's your emergency? Gladys, what is the emergency? (laughs) Listen, I know this is going to sound ridiculous. However, Sue Mellon has just been shot in the neck by a group of men in wooden masks that were outside of a trailer. She's been poisoned. We need medical assistance immediately. Yeah, I think the personal dispatch uh, is like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, uh, what's the address? Uh, and, and you, you know, like supply the, where the tents are, the, <laughs> the bake off. Yeah, uh, and they're like, yeah, I sending someone out, I, I guess. And you hear faintly moments later uh, the sound of distant sirens as an ambulance approaches your location. At the sound of that. I think you hear the sound of someone getting off the bed in the other room. Jane slides the curtain aside, rubbing her head slightly. Uh, she's not put back on her shoes, so she's... You realize she's shorter than even she seemed like she was uh, in her advanced years uh, here without her heels on. And she rubs her head slightly, and she she looks and says, Oh, what's the commote? And she like looks down. What's happening? Oh my... Sue here was just shot by a, a dart from the window. A, 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 a dart? From the window? Yes. They can do that? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Jane, uh, it's important. Do Paul and Sue share any enemies? Uh, any uh, enemies? I, I, 
Sue's a, a beloved com comedian. Uh, she's a delight uh, to everyone she knows. I, uh, what are you, enemies? Uh, and I think this is actually good timing. Let's get a metal roll with presents, Gladys. Mm. Ooh, okay. Ooh. We're actually gonna we're actually gonna build off of Doris's question from earlier if this is successful, but yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. I actually I got a plus one to my presents from my hey. uh, Jonathan Hart Maven mood. <laughs> Oof! <laughs> I got a four. <laughs> oh, wow. with your plus one? With my plus one, I rolled a one and a two. <laughs> you hear so a crack in glass, another dart comes in, you change it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 no. Dropping like flies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the result here is just, I think Sue passes out from from everything that's happened. Um, Jane? No, no. Oh, oh, that would be great, actually. Well, let's do that. I think no. Oh. Perfect. No, no. Thank you. You've made this. Uh, uh, okay. Also, Thanks, there's a confusing. Susanna. I just realized there's a confusing number of Janes present. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> we have Jane Fletcher. Uh, <laughs> and, and Jane, Jane Leaf. Leaf. Jane yeah. Leaf. Yeah. Yeah. Originally, I was thinking like Sue passes out because originally I was going to have Sue say something, but actually, uh, I think Sue is still eh, loosely conscious here, but mid. I think, Gladys, you direct Jane's attention down to Sue, asking if, you know, Sue had any enemies or anything like this. And it, it, she just, like, starts, like, focusing and seeing, like, just, like, that trickle of blood at her neck still. The, like, staining on the carpet where Doris has been ejecting this poison out of her. And I I do think that Jane Leaf, after having already the most harrowing morning, she just goes pale as a sheet and collapses or starts to collapse right there, Gladys. I think you see the signs as she sways slightly before she starts falling over. Do you, like, run over to catch her, or...? Yeah, I would definitely try to catch her. <laughs> I think that you do. And and she is just, like, now muttering to herself weakly, her eye, her eyelids fluttering. Do you, like... There's, like, a bed conveniently right there. Do you carry her back over and, and drop her back there? Or do you just kind of li gently lay her down on the carpet, too? <laughs> um, I don't know what to do in emergency situations like this. <laughs> 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 I think if there's like a chair or something nearby, yeah. I'll set her in a chair just because we already have 911 on the way, so I yeah. should probably keep her somewhere more accessible. <laughs> yeah, you mm. set her down on like the chair at the table, and the sirens grow louder as they draw closer to come and investigate the scene. And by investigate the scene, I mean help out the, the fallen Sue. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. So the camera pans out the door of Sue's trailer as the pandemonium this day at the Bake Off tent grows. Mm. <laughs> what will happen to our mavens? Who's next to get a dart in the neck? <laughs> yeah. Find out next time? time. Who are the weird wooden <laughs> mask people? Who's wearing yeah. these masks? <laughs> uh, perfect. Yeah. I cannot wait. Join us next time and learn more. 